This is the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast, where we cover books, beverages, and the general BS of the day. A few disclaimers, we are not literary experts, or experts in anything for that matter, and explicit content should be expected. I am your host, Barry Price. I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, fellas. Howdy. Evening. Jared, your mustache is coming in good. I'm about to shave it. Is that going to be ready to go for skid away? Nope. We came to an agreement. I never agreed. I don't remember me. this at all, to be quite honest. I'll go screenshot the text for you guys. All right. What's so, the agreement for our listeners? Just thought we were all going to rock a, rock a marathon mustache. I'm happy to. I keep facial hair and it grows faster than anything else. So. Unlike y'all, I can't grow it right there in the middle. Mine doesn't grow in the middle either. Yeah. I don't think well, I, I just look like an almond brother. <laughs> I feel like I've been down to the whipping post. Anyways, what are you guys drinking, John? I took some ibuprofen, so I am not drinking out of concern for my liver wait 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 what 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 you're not supposed to drink when you take ibuprofen excessively yes but i'm already having some other health scares at the moment i'm not i'm not getting liver damage either i don't think two ibuprofen and a, a bourbon is going to give you any more liver damage than the fifth or rye you drank before your christmas party that's probably ago. true too. <laughs> Jared, what I you threw do? all of that up. Yeah, <laughs> for it could be processed. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I've got here a hot toddy, some Knob Creek in it. Oh, good, good. I uh, am drinking some Long Branch again. I think it is now my probably my new favorite bourbon. A nice bottle, man. That's real nice. I like the lid on it. It's got a, a show ready. It's got a turkey a, on it. Oh man. It's this wild turkey product. Oh, John's got the right idea. He's gonna here take he comes, the lid here he off. comes, here he oh, comes. He's coming whoa! In. Oh, whoa, whoa. That's two shots of that's a generous four. <laughs> four bong hits, man. <laughs> Proud of you, John. Welcome, everybody, to our uh, two-part Stephen King series. We've got uh, part one be coming up tonight, and part two will be the next episode. And uh, as my good friend Ric Flair once said, whether you like it or you don't like it, learn to love it because it's the best thing going today. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, only thing I had to follow up on from our previous episode, uh, actually two, I mentioned that I like books about uh, extreme isolation, and I got to thinking about it, and maybe one of the best books I have read on that front is The Martian by Andy Weir. Mm. If you haven't read it, go read it. Highly recommend it. Damn good. Another good one on that topic is Fire Season, which we maybe oh, covered yeah. briefly on the cabin sessions, maybe. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Episode 10, 11, 12 in that range. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Spending a summer up there at the tower. And I, I'd do that for free. Yeah. I'll do it for free. Uh, and then the other thing, I went back trying to find... We talked about the Amarillo Marathon and then another race called the Chili Hilly Half that I raced John's dad in. And I went back to find my pace results for those and I had no luck. So I guess it didn't even happen. You have to do it again, Barry. The uh, Chili Hilly Half is no longer in existence. Well, to... The Amarillo Marathon might, 
I actually have the Mar Amarillo Marathon time on Strava. Uh, what I wanted to see was how I placed on that one. So, what books you guys got? I've got The Gunslinger, which is part one of The Dark Tower. Uh, Jared, what do you got? <laughs> I've got The Institute by Stephen King. By Stephen King. I have got Night Shift by Stephen King. Should be a good talk. It's like we planned it. Yeah. <laughs> John, let's hear it. All right. Uh, in full disclosure, my last two weeks have been a little hectic, and I have not finished the book. I'm mostly through the way, through it. There's really no excuse why I did not finish the book because it's pretty short. It's only 250 pages, and it's a pretty easy read. Um. The basic premise is that it's kind of in a post-apocalyptic world and there's the gunslinger chasing the man in black across the desert and that's <laughs> kind of the gist of it so far. <laughs> um, he comes across, he comes into this town where they're, um, these people that are it's just kind of an old western town is kind of the vibe i get from it and um it kind of the whole town becomes possessed and he has to end up fighting them and and just all these other mishaps are on along the way they're running through the desert so there's just they don't have a constant threat of giardia like us on the east coast do uh, but i kind of go he the when he talks about it in the um, prelude or intro he kind of talks about how he set out to write the longest epic ever and so that's what the Dark Tower series is it's supposed to be one book that's incredibly long but it ends, it's uh, broken up into seven books I did not know that Lord. Yeah, I thought it was three and there's the gun, the gunslinger portion of it is three books, I think. Is that right? For real? Yeah, yeah. There's different. There's Holy. there's actually I think five books in it. In the gunslinger part of it. Yeah. Um, there's only in the in the gunslinger book, it's only 250 pages. All the other ones are probably over 400 up into the 700s. Yeah. And he wrote the first three pretty quickly and then he stopped i think he was dealing with his uh substance abuse issues at the time and he just never got around to finishing them until i think the late 90s is when he started back up again and in the spirit of keeping things consistent he actually went back and rewrote the gunslinger and the other three to make sure they were consistent across the whole series Really? Which is that was kind of one complaint I had with the Lonesome Dove, the Lonesome Dove series is that I finished Comanche Moon and we roll into Lonesome Dove and I'm I'm seeing all these inconsistencies and I understand why they were written so far apart and backwards and um it's it's not like there's some kind of database for you to go check everything but I guess I, I did like that he went back and kind of fixed everything. Uh, and clarified some stuff he did say in that introduction that he was i can't remember what his inspiration was for the westerns but the lord of the rings was the inspiration for the fantasy part of the series and that he wanted to write something like the lord of the rings which i do highly recommend those books i never thought i'd be into fantasy but i really did enjoy reading those i agree one complaint I do have with the book is I said it's an easy read, but it's kind of hard to follow sometimes because you're getting into this big ep epic and there's not a lot of explanation about how things came to be um, in this post-apocalyptic -apoc world. I can't say that damn word. And what things are, because they are fantasy I guess I didn't get that either with the Lord of the Rings. You kind of just had to pick up on the elves and the dwarves and what they were, but it kind of jumps back and forth between his past, the gunslinger's past and his present. 
and it's, it's like, what's going on? Who are these characters? Yeah, sometimes it happens like immediately, if I remember right. Yeah, like there's no. Yeah, it's just. It's not like it's in italics when it's in the fantasy world or something. Yeah, like in Misery, where you knew you were reading the yeah the Misery book and not the um, actual book. But I do recommend it, um, even though I haven't finished it. About halfway through, I decided, oh, I'm going to finish this tomorrow. I better go out and buy the next two. And a good friend of mine actually bought me the last four for Christmas. Um, it's pretty cheap on Amazon. It's like 12 bucks. I am actually reading this on a uh, paperback, which may be the reason why I haven't finished it. I'm addicted to screens. And I do have a couple, or at least one, one-star review. It's from Kate, C-A-T-E. The title is W-T-H. That is, what the hell? <laughs> for, for those of you in Rio Linda. <laughs> I am an avid reader, approximately 100 books per year Ooh. on a variety of Jeez, topics. And get topics. alive. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're qualified here to make this. I have to say that Dark Tower Gunslinger is one of the most unreadable books I have ever encountered. I powered through the over half of the book before I asked myself, WTH, am I spending my time reading this nonsense? I will never attempt to finish the book due to the intense boredom of it. I can't say more than, than that, except don't waste your time. Uh, difficult read, very confusing, difficult to follow. I'm a big Stephen, Can Sting Stephen King fan. I guess we can just call him Sting. <laughs> Sting. <laughs> but another one's titled Pass. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> yep. I, uh, I read The Gunslinger. It was my first Stephen King book that I read, and I the reason I went and got it was because that movie with Matthew McConaughey was coming out that I never even watched, <laughs> but uh, I didn't like it very much, but I feel like if I went back and read it now that I'm more well-versed in Stephen King, I'd probably enjoy it. I always always kind of put my nose up at fantasy books. Um, and then I kind of got a wild hair I guess early last year, I I had read the Lord of the Rings books at that point, but I kind of got a wild hair to read C.S. Lewis's The Chronicles of Narnia, and he's got a good quote in there. He wrote it for his like goddaughter, and it's soon you'll be uh, too old to read fantasy, and you'll put it on your shelf, but not too soon after that you'll be old enough to start reading fantasy again again <laughs> yeah i like that i uh i've actually been thinking that i want to reread lord of the rings i actually i don't think i ever finished the whole series i think i just read the hobbit and then the first the first of them based on tolkien's experiences during world war one which is what might be why they appeal to us a little bit that's what got me to read them was when I heard that, I decided, oh, this will be cool because I was really into reading about World. I think I had just actually just listened to the Blueprint for Armageddon podcast, uh, which is, is the Hardcore hardcore History by Dan Carlin. Maybe yeah. the greatest podcast ever made if you've got eight hours. Yes, it is. And the and a dollar because he makes uh, you pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> that blueprint for Armageddon, I think, was 24 hours altogether. But it was worth every second. Can you imagine the amount of books he had to read to put that all together? Oh, God. The way he yeah. did. I mean, we're putting out that much content in a year at, at the current pace. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. When he put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of the series. Uh, it's quite popular. We did a, a little survey on Instagram that we'll touch on after after we talk about our books. 
that it had some neat findings in it, I felt like. I agree. Jared, you got any questions? Yeah, well, yeah, I was going to say, dude, so how do you know which version of the Gunslinger you're getting? You said he wrote it, rewrote it. Yeah, I imagine if you just looked at the publication date, uh, I think on the Amazon one, they have it as 2016. Man, you're telling me I can go to Mr. K's and get a old version, not yeah. even know it? Yeah. <sighs> I think you'll be able to tell. That'd be cool, actually. Might be might be something Probably good to have on your shelf, it. yeah. The, uh, the stand has two versions of it as well. Uh, it's got the... I don't know what the word is, unabridged or whatever is the full version. But at the time when Stephen King wrote The Stand, it was so long that they couldn't <laughs> even, that the publishers couldn't glue the book together to where it would hold. And so he had to cut <laughs> out something like 500 pages from it, 480 pages. <laughs> and he did, but now they can do it. Because I know the, the, copy of it i have is the full version because there's like 30 pages of explaining all that in the beginning of it <laughs> speaking of that uh one cool thing i liked about stephen king is he likes to experiment with different mediums of his writing whether it be the what the green mile i think was a series in a magazine or newspaper and he'll do other things like, um, what was it? He he released a book early on in the internet that was only available on the internet. Oh, really? E-reader, stuff like that. So, huh. I didn't know that. Uh, and something else on the Gunslinger, I think, is that's that series, the Dark Tower series, is really where his uh, multiverse starts coming together. Uh, yeah, that's um, there's a character in it. I can't remember exactly what it tied back to, but he he came from he was like teleported or something, uh, and, and he came from the like our modern world right now, New York City. And I remember seeing a character that reminded me of an, maybe a pet cemetery or something. It all it all ties together. Yeah, it sure does. Huh. Interesting. Jared, bro, let's hear about uh, the Institute. Yeah, I was also gifted this book. <clears throat> and uh, no, uh, so the Institute, uh, basically, it uh, takes place in a uh, small town in Maine at a uh, basically a militarized facility where they uh, train and essentially brainwash children with talents such as telekinesis and telepathy and using them for to alter the uh, the world's future eliminate leaders people with political con uh, contacts or bas basically powerful people that the government feels like needs to be eliminated but it Man, it, it, this book is definitely 100% a page turner from from page one. And uh, one one of the things I got a kick out of, it takes it the climax takes place in a fictional town of Dupre, South Carolina, located on the Hardyville exit of I-95. So uh, I'm very familiar with that exit. There's actually a fuzzies there now, but uh, anyhow. Uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't mentioned in the book, but <laughs> <laughs> Fuzzies was <laughs> Fuzzies was not. But uh, I'm really not doing this book any justice. But it, it's just a really entertaining read. It's one of those that you start once you start going. Next thing you know, you're 200 pages deep. You miss six phone calls. Your debt. Your 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 dog needs out but you don't know what's going on man because it's just it it it, it grabs you mm -hmm. and it's uh it gets pretty intense it's not a scary book by any means but uh i kind of think uh 
not to interrupt, but his no, new books, I think, have deviated away from from horror and have gotten more into um, I'm not real sure what the word would be. Thriller? Suspense. Yeah, thriller. Yes. Very much a thriller. Because uh, that book's only a couple years old, I think. Yeah, it, it came out, I don't know. Was it last year? The copyright is... Early last year or 2019? Copyright 2019. The paperback was published in 2020, so hardcover 2019, something like that. But, but, uh... He's got a new book coming out August 3rd. The kids win in the end, but I guess you can kind of... Good. Yes, that... They did. They do some fucked no. up stuff, man. <laughs> it's like I, mean, I, I can't believe I'm reading this, but uh, I uh, <clears throat> go ahead, Jared. Sorry. No, I was gonna say we'll touch on it in a minute. No, I, I've got some. Uh, it is a recent book. It does touch on politics and. <laughs> uh, Review number one on Amazon, first one star. Shut up about Trump. God, he drops Trump in this one too. Open mouth, insert politics. Unnecessary politics. Let's talk about this after about separating the artist from the art kind of thing. All right, Dr. Cool says better luck next time, waste of money. It was not a waste of money, in my opinion. That's no. That's basically all, all I've got. Uh, recommend it. Uh, oh yeah, I one hundred percent recommend it. And I know you're going to talk about it later, but that the Stephen King post on Instagram, a lot of people recommended the Institute, mm-hmm. and I can definitely see why. Um, I'll be honest. I read it nearly two months ago now, so. A little rusty on so, it. So yeah, some of it's kind of slipping, but the, the, the premise behind it is still there. Well, I'll have to pick it up. You piqued my interest. It's on it's in my to be read pile, which is growing and growing and growing. Mine is too. Good thing we got a good uh good reason to read. So um is it uh is it pretty long? Yeah, it, it's pretty long, but it, it, about six, seven hundred pages. About six hundred, five hundred and sixty-one. Prints kind of small, I guess. Fonts small, I guess. Yeah. But it, dude, it 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 doesn't read long. It it's it's fast, fast pace. Yeah, I would. Uh, I like to read that eventually. It's got a nice. I like the cover art on it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It looks like a train car or something. Which definitely has part of the uh, of the uh, the book trains. What you got, Barry? I read uh, Night Shift, also by Stephen King. Uh, what brought me to read it was that uh, Stephen King month two part series Stephen King. Uh, and uh, I read it because it's his, I like, I really like his short stories. And this is the first short story book that he published, uh, published it in 1976. And uh, I tend to be a fan of the older Stephen King, at least thus far of what I've read. And so I figured I'd really like this one. And uh, it's also some of the shorties are basis for some of his other novels, and uh, this particular book's got 20 short stories all on various topics. And they're all very much Stephen King. And uh, two of the short stories, one of them is the basis for Salem's Lot, which is the book I'll have on the next episode. And then the other, one of the other ones is the basis for The Stand, which somebody from this group is going to eventually finish and present on this show. I bought the audio book. Have you started it? No, I have not. <laughs> then uh, it's also got Children of the Corn, which is a pretty popular horror flick 
Is that day. the um? Is, so is that what Children of the Corn is? It's not the basis of another book. I don't think there's another book. I think the movie's just from the short story. There's apparently a couple of other movies from the short stories within this book, but nothing I've seen. There ain't a book out there by Stephen King that they won't try to make into a movie. Not anymore. Um, which is fine with me. I think the Institute is in the works. That'd probably be a good one. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed all the stories. Obviously, some of them were better than the others. There's uh, one I really liked. It was called Battleground. It is, uh, the main character is a hit man, and he pulls a hit on the uh, owner of a toy company. And so the owner of the toy company's mother sends him a package that has got miniature army men in it that fire live bullets and you're or a lot real you know they can you know they're essentially real people they're just miniature mm-hmm. and uh yeah. got helicopters and tanks and all this and they start assassinating this guy and he says it feels like bee stings <laughs> and he uh thinks he's got them licked and turns out these little army men have got them a uh two scale thermo thermo nuclear weapon <laughs> blow the damn apartment up with it so anyways i just thought that one was kind of a fun read it's little it's kind of in the midst of all the darkness it was a, kind of a little humor in there so uh, it's got 4.7 out of 5 rating on amazon a couple of uh, one star reviews this one by Kindle Reader. Too much language. I couldn't get through all the excessive foul language in the first few pages of the very first story. Return the book. I don't remember much, if any, cussing anywhere in the book. Maybe the very first, maybe one instance, one word. Um, and then another Kindle Reader said, Garbage. The author seems to have a warped mind. His skills are those of a teenager. The stories usually dwell on death. Um, Wait. Yep. Does this person not know, I know. <laughs> who she's reading? I know. That's kind of my thought. I was like, they must be new to, <laughs> new to the author. Uh, and the last one from Mountain Mama said, this is the one, exclamation point, times four. This is it. This is the book that made me give up Stephen King once and for all. This creepy, disgusting collection was just the last straw for me. Oh, yes, he's good, but in the wrong way. His books give me nightmares for years, not just days. They color the way I look at the world. This world is horrifying enough. Bye, Stevie. I, yeah, I really, I mean, I think that's compliment, Steve, really. Um, But anyways, I'd recommend this book. Uh, if you're a Stephen King fan, especially if you like his early stuff or uh, want to get a good basis for his early days, I think it was the uh, only the the maybe the second or third book he had published. It was Carrie is either Carrie, uh, Night Shift, and The Shining, or uh, Flip Shining and Night Shift. I think you guys can fact check me on that, but. A lot of these short stories have been published in like magazines uh, before that. And so the version I had was 505 pages and is really a pretty quick read. And uh, Jared, like you were saying with the Institute, I would sit down and read 150, 200 pages at a time and be scared to get up and let my dog outside <laughs> to go out. So, uh, you know, I, f- I found all the stories to be entertaining in their own way. And I, I do sometimes think that Stephen King can ramble or spend too much time on certain things. And one thing I like about the short stories is that that's generally avoided. So I have a question about the length of the short story. So I've read several of his 
short story anthologies mm -hmm. and some of them have well i guess are they short stories or novellas i guess that's what i'm confusing in my head like different seasons i believe it's like four no novellas yeah so i would call those novellas and then in this book i mean a couple of them are like five pages okay you know and a couple of them are like 50 so that's how everything eventual everything's eventual was i think there was 14 short stories in there mm -hmm. yeah and like uh full dark no stars is the it's got you know it's 500 page book and it's only got four stories in it so and a lot of those from uh full dark no stars and also from uh, different, seasons. different seasons you can actually go buy those books as their own you know their own individual book like right now my barnes and nobles got a uh, 1922. a 1922 and a Shawshank Redemption. I'm sorry, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption and uh, and the body. So stand by me. Stand the inspiration for the movie Stand by Me. Uh, so, anyways, I, I mentioned that we did kind of a. It really wasn't intended to be a survey. It just had a lot better uh, feedback than I could have ever anticipated. Jared took an amazing picture of a stack of Stephen King books the other day. Those are the only four I own. Well, I need to get better. Yeah, it's going to be get growing. Better. But uh, I basically just asked if you love them or hate them because it seems like there's only two camps and we had overwhelming results in the love them category which i surprised me because generally your haters are more vocal so mm -hmm. um the popular books surprisingly to me were 11 yes seemed to be the most popular and then the institute was mentioned several times and I'm trying to think what else none of his older books really like the big uh, the stand was mentioned a couple of times what and about then, the shining uh, i think the shining got mentioned once yeah out of 50 30 i think there's 35 comments on it uh and then the gunslinger got mentioned a couple of times as well the whole series not the individual book the whole series so I've read I've read 480 pages of 112263 and like gotten it was really enjoying it and then it's like I missed a weekend of it and never picked it back up so I'll have to get on that too that happens Um I we had another poll that was a tablet or um paperback and I was a little surprised at how lopsided it was for paperback or I was physical too. copy. I think it was 70 30. Uh, maybe even a little more. I, yeah, than that. I, was, I, was, I was upset that I failed to go back and get kind of a final result on that. In favor of what? The books. The physical book, the non digital. And uh, I just find it a lot easier to read. I, I do understand the draw of just reading him something you can hold in your hand and turn the pages uh, i just, just this day and age i was still at least our followers are tend to still on books toward. yeah i i definitely prefer books but i still read on my ipad predominantly though i will say the last uh three or four books i've read i've had the physical copy then and i've mostly just been on those so well, that's good news for Barnes and Noble. Um, Wall Street bets, if you want to go drive that up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they went private, I thought, didn't they? Oh, they may have. Um, something else. A, so, Jared, you said in the Institute, the kids uh, came back and win. And you also said something like, that always happens. I will say in the older Stephen King books, that does not happen does all not the time. Happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new new thing there. So, man, I will say that 
you know, you were talking about Stephen King rambling. Uh, so, so I've only read four of his books, two newer ones and two older ones. Now, I, in my opinion, it seems like the newer ones have a little less rambling versus the other two that, that I've read. One being Misery. Yeah. The it, Shining. I'm, I'm, I guess he gets to learn and get better. Well, like in in it, we'll say I was like four hundred pages in, and we still hadn't even met all the damn characters yet. And the stand <laughs> is similar. Wow, you uh, know. And so, and actually, one of the comments on on our little love them or hate them thing somebody said uh i love them but i find that almost all of his books could be about 200 pages shorter mm-hmm. and i absolutely agree with that i'm still gonna read them i'd like to read all of them eventually one thing i remember you telling me um you read his on writing book yes and he says he will have his wife read the book and then see where she goes and puts it down where she has basically decided that she needs to go do something else at that time and then rewrite that section to try mm-hmm. to keep it flowing and keep you interested. I, uh, I definitely, and that book was actually mentioned several times as well. And it's, if you're interested in reading Stephen King books, it's definitely worth going to, um, it's definitely worth reading that one. It's about, it's probably, 60 40 memoir to actual writing advice and yes he does do that and i find a lot of his books hard to i mean hard to put down the shining the shining i had an experience reading that i've never had with other books before where i would like look up and it'd be midnight and i've been reading you know for four hours or something and you know a lot of times i'll find myself when i'm reading uh, especially on a on a physical book i'll be like flipping to see when the next chapter is or how many pages i got left and that kind of stuff and it just doesn't happen uh and that's actually one thing i like about digitals i don't really have that luxury so john how do you separate the art from the artist um i, I try to just not pay attention to what they're they're saying because i don't really care especially if they do a do a good job with their art whether it be music movies books every i think everyone's got their own political opinions and i don't really need to know everyone's political opinion i don't think it makes you a bad person or a good person because you have political opinions so i try to just like i I really like stephen king's books i'm gonna just read stephen king's books and not really care what he has to say in his personal life or whatever or even on the other end of the spectrum i don't really care if who you vote for as long as your product's good and i enjoy reading it and listening to it watching it whatever i agree so i just i try not to follow them on instagram or social media yeah that's that's kind of my thing i'll just turn it off if i'm not if i don't like it either way you can go too far either way even my way you know i think it's it's kind of interesting how one mention of donald trump could draw a one-star review on a great book like that that ruined it for you that one little line you can't get past that yeah i don't know like half the country's not voting for the guy so like you're not you're you're going to get someone who doesn't like him somewhere and yeah. you just get, get totally shut down. Uh, one, you disagree with someone. One thing I can see and, and I feel this way with some things is that, you know, reading or, Oh, here's probably my example of this watching the NFL or professional sports people use that kind of stuff as an escape from, you know, their reality, current circumstances or whatever. And so I can totally see how 
either way, you know, something mm-hmm. like that gets brought up, you'd be like, well, fuck. I was trying to, you know, <laughs> read this book to avoid these things. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess that's something I left out is too, is I prefer that it doesn't creep into the mm-hmm. art. Um, I think they're better off in a business sense, not letting it do that, but I'm not going to shut down because someone, I disagree with someone politically. Yeah, absolutely not. And uh, I disagree with most politically everywhere. <laughs> so, except at Abbey. I'll just become the Abbeyites. I had an interesting experiment going on. Um, I've been writing, I guess I've left my job as a, I guess by the time this comes out, I will not be no longer be employed with the people I've worked with for the last eight and a half years. And I've been writing handwritten notes for the people that have impacted me or um, I've had a positive relationship with and just saying a few kind words to them. And they've had a really positive response from that. And uh, I think it's been um, interesting to see how just a handwritten note with a few kind words is impacting people. I don't know what you guys think about that. It just doesn't hit like a text message, I guess. Yeah, I'm well, and it's so rare to, you know, just even taking the time to write something, even for your, you know, your wife or something. But I, I try to write like thank you notes for Christmas and birthday stuff. It's tough though. It's hard to stay on top of it and even getting stamps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Nate Bergazzi thing. I mean, I, he's like, you got to know an old person to know how much stamps cost. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead, John. Uh, yeah, I probably took it, at least spent an hour writing even just quick ones that like, Hey, I've really appreciated working with you. I've always appreciated how patient you were. And even when I wasn't stuff like that, I spent an hour writing those. And then there was the long ones for the people that really impacted me. So that was a, not a big investment, but it was a good investment of my time into just doing that. Well, and those people, they're like me, they'll keep those. I mean, I keep every, I probably have every card I've ever been given at least since I've been an adult, you know, I try to keep them just kind of those things. Um, yeah. I, I got one back from someone and he mentioned something I did for him six years ago that I'd totally forgotten about. And it's just that thing where people remember how you made them feel. Right. Not really what you said, I guess. So I like sending postcards every now and every now and then. Oh, yeah, going old school. Just going old school, man. Like, we're here at the beach. (laughs) That's a good idea. Or, like, whenever I get home, back to South Carolina from visiting home, I'll I'll send some postcards back to the fam. Yeah. I I know something I like is, like, if I order something from a small business – uh, and get like a just a handwritten thank you note you know that kind of stuff's pretty cool too because it you know if you know there's a person behind it not it's not amazon it's not some guy drop shipping yeah really putting their heart and soul into it mm-hmm. i saw something today i might have sent it to y'all i can't remember but it's like uh it was a a little uh, Amazon robot had a gun held on Jeff Bezos, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, and he'll put out a nice little press release saying you're stepping down as CEO. <laughs> <laughs> so, thought that's funny. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, I don't uh, know about you guys, but I'm about ready for springtime to roll around. I'm tired of it being dark all the time getting yes, getting a little sir. 
little seasonal depression rolling in, I feel like. Yeah, it's I think we just got here it start the sun sets after six now. So I, that was a, a big milestone. For yeah. Me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I get off I get off work at six thirty and it's still the sun I can like watch the sunset now as I drive home, which is nice. Uh because there for a while it was getting dark, you know, at five thirty or whatever. And and it's always cold and Sometimes so I'm ready to have some time for activities. Because not all of us get off work at three o'clock, Jared, bro. Jared. It's <laughs> <That's> nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm ready to not have to wear a headlamp in the morning. And running. You wear a headlamp? When I'm running? Yeah. Damn right, I wear a headlamp. Why? There's no street lights on the dike. You don't need street lights. R- running by moonlight. Yeah. Well, sometimes the moon isn't that bright. And plus, there's oh. a severe three foot drop on one side of the dike, and I, I don't want to risk falling off it. Good Lord gave you these little things called pupils right here. They get, they just. Man, I may be spotlighting deer with my headlamp. Man, you never know. Damn Comanches used to ride into Mexico. You know, a long uh, time ago. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Are you saying we've evolved out of being able to see in well, the Well, yeah, because we have glasses now. <laughs> How common were glasses back then? One of the books we covered is uh, The Bear in the Backseat, like one and two. It was about a park ranger in the smokies i don't know if i actually got to it or not i kind of just brushed over it at the cabin and um episode talked about how an older ranger an older ranger was telling wouldn't let the, the younger author wear a headlamp or have a flashlight because it messed with his eyesight and also the horse's eyesight while they're on the trails at night but there's this phenomenon that happens out there with these uh, fireflies, I think that happens in like August, and they all light up at the exact same time. It just illuminates the whole area, and it just like blinds you if you're out there without a light. Uh, they they do that in the Congaree too. I don't know if it, but uh, yeah, gotta, I think I remember that. You got to register, get tickets for it, but the Columbia fireflies. I have to go see that baseball team. I uh, my headlamp's got a green light on it, which does not affect your your night viewing. What does a red light do? In cars, still see red. Red lights, the same thing. And red lights are good because wildlife can't see it either. So if you're like trying to spotlight pigs or something, Um, can cars see it pretty well? I don't know. Imagine red is probably okay. Beard, yeah. beard. Yeah, I don't know. I, I always have my headlamp, especially if I'm running around cars. I 100% have my headlamp on there. I'm going to be seen. I have one that starts flashing if it sees motion up ahead of me. Oh, man, that's really brilliant. Yeah. I don't like cool. it, but <laughs> <laughs> I bounce around so damn much and I'm running. It wouldn't know the difference. Probably there, there was one night I was running on the dike and uh, I didn't have my headlamp on dude. And I came within probably eight feet of a few white tails. It scared the sh- out of me, man. They used to yeah, I was not expecting it. <laughs> Back when I lived in the country, I've never have run with headlamps and probably never really will. I take it upon myself to avoid cars. Uh, I don't expect them to see me either way. I also don't run in high traffic areas, so that helps a little bit. But uh, And I run in the mornings. If I was running at night, like if I was outside running right now at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, I'd probably want a headlamp because I'd just assume everybody's drunk because the fuck else would you be doing outside at 9 o'clock? Um, <laughs> but back when I lived in the out in the country, I'd go running 
man and I'd be seeing stuff and I'd have my dog with me and he'd get all on high alert and sure enough there'd be like a skunk or something and be right there and you just got to turn around and book it the other way <laughs> get out of there skunks deer snakes coyotes never had any close calls with coyotes other than being completely surrounded by them one time which was cool tell us more about that well, I wasn't like, I couldn't see them. It's just, you can hear them all around. Oh, okay. You weren't being <laughs> attacked. <laughs> I remember you sending the video now, though. Well, Jared, gonna, on on this ahead. dike you're running down, uh -huh. um, is it on the prevent the ocean from flooding or like a lake? The, the, so that's uh, for Lake Moultrie. Okay. Retention. It's, it's just like a gravel road on top. And that's another thing. If you, you, you need a headlamp, I mean, so, some of the gravel is, is kind of big. You don't want to mess up your ankle, but. John? Yep. Have you been logging any miles? I have not been. What's been going I, on, I, man? I have a lot of excuses from health issues to um, the new job stress shit man really if matter you, i should be logging miles but i have not been for the last three weeks if you got problems we can solve them i've been trying to do my little uh mile a day thing minimum mile a day it's been kind of i'm only four days in so it's not like i've really accomplished a whole lot but it's kind of nice i actually think it's helping kind of keep me loose a little bit you know, last year, uh, Jesse Itzler. Yeah. Uh, he did the uh, a mile for every day in February. Oh, really? Like he added on a mile. So you were on oh. one mile on the first, two miles on the second. So by the end. He's doing 28 miles. Essentially. I really like Jesse Itzler. He's got the right... He, he loves him a good suffer fest and a banana. I, I forgot what he said. He eats like 150 bananas a week or something. Good God. <laughs> I was told you shouldn't eat more than one a day. <laughs> I mean, I've, that potassium in there, does that not kill him? It's probably not enough, even if it's too much. They talk about liver giving you vitamin A poisoning, but it's not synthetic vitamin A. It's just naturally occurring in the liver, and you should be fine eating as much liver as you want. I am not a doctor, folks. <laughs> we are not literary experts or experts in anything. Jared is an advanced marathoner, though. Sorry. No, I'm just, I'm just, I just read the book. I just read the book. You're awfully quick to jump on that fact. I just read the book, dude. <laughs> Not advanced. Shoot. My ankle feels a lot better, though, since since, since dropping the mileage. But anyway, we, we don't have to talk about running this episode. Hey, what I put on my resume for my Excel skills is intermediate to advanced, so I kind of have a little leeway there. Yeah. I mean – Advance some days, some days are better than others. <laughs> Just in case I run into someone who <laughs> is better. really knows what's going on. <laughs> I'm a uh, jack of all trades and master of none. So, what uh, who you guys got going for the Super Bowl? I'd like to see Brady one another. I'm, I'm all for a goat. I want to see Tiger beat Jack. Um, I want to see MJ beat LeBron, and I want Brady to – what is this, seven now? Will this be seven? Yes, if he wins. You know, what about – so what about Mahomes being the new GOAT? Um, my, my problem there is he's not the GOAT, and he also went to Texas Tech. And Rackham Tech! He's not the GOAT yet. Guns up! I don't think he he's learned pace. to be. If, He's if he wants to be the goat, he can beat John Brady this weekend. 
I'm curious to see. Because I think the Chiefs as a whole are a better team, but Tom Brady's Tom Brady. So, yeah. That video of him and Gronk after they won, that was awesome. (laughs) Walking out to their plane or whatever. And then the remake that Tom and Bert did is even better. I'll have to see that. Uh, Hey, what the hell happened to Tom Skura? I I know he just like snapped his arm. I refuse to watch the video, but. Him and Bert were doing a video shoot, doing slam dunks on like a seven foot goal or something. (laughs) And uh, Tom went up to dunk and just lost his feet. He screwed his leg up real bad too. No. Uh, He just lost his feet and came down on his arm. It's kind of funny because he's sort of like groaning and Bert goes, you all right? You okay, man? Are you okay? <laughs> and then it was the funniest part of all of it was they called 911 to come in and uh, Bert's like, he's like, we're, we're not wearing our masks, but we've all been tested. We're not wearing our masks. We've all been tested. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, Tom Segura's arm is just, I mean, <laughs> snapped in half, literally. So it was funny. When I was a, I guess I was in sixth grade. I was doing a football drill, and I watched my arm snap. And I've never been able to watch injuries ever since then. <laughs> <laughs> they had to. They put me to sleep and broke my arm again. Put it back together. Yeah. Completely broke it. <laughs> what What about that basketball injury? It was during the NCAA tournament. Who who, who uh, was oh, it? Louisville? Yes. Oh God. I think the bone out. I've seen it. There's also the Marcus Lattimore injury. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He went to South Carolina. I was sitting in Auburn, Alabama at a sports bar before that when I watched that happen. Uh, and then uh, Dak Prescott, too. Yeah, I didn't see any video footage of that, but I know it was a compound fracture. Ooh. So, I've heard there's no more painful injury than a compound fracture. I probably believe it. So, John Buccaneers, Jared, yep. my dude pull for kansas city on this one i think i'm pulling kc as well though i would like to see here's i want it to be a good game because there hadn't been a good super bowl game since like brett Favre was playing i don't think how about the weekend if we're being honest i'll probably be asleep <laughs> i think it starts at four o'clock six here uh, which means it won't end until 10 and I'll be in bed. Isn't it in Florida? Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Probably starts at 6.07. They need to do it on Saturday. P.M. I saw a meme about that. Like, or a day game. Hey, let us be home hung over on Sunday. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, nope. I get it, though. I get it. So, all right. Any closing thoughts? Nope. Get them miles in. Get them miles in. We're uh, 30 days away. Hey, speaking of, has anyone, have we got any new members on the uh, Bourbon Bookshelf Strava Club? Uh, We have had, I want to say we've had a few requests. I just haven't added them yet. I'll do that. I'll get you on there if you've requested I'm Folks, if you're still waiting, if you're still waiting, we need somebody who runs about. Price. We need somebody who runs about sixty miles a week. Well, we've had is <laughs> what we've had is people falling off. I've noticed lately; it's just me and Jared and Tyler Owens on there. And Ryan McCabe. And Ryan McCabe. He's getting prepped. He's getting prepped. Five miles a week. Not that I've been doing fantastic either. But uh, I'll get my shit together. Let's all go for a jog this evening. 
Mile and a half. Where is 1012 right Get now. your headlamp on. How about I say, can I wear my headlamp? <laughs> can John wear his? I don't have pupils. That's why you need your headlamp, apparently. I got uh, it right here charging. Mm-hmm. It has been for like three weeks. Ready to go. I'm just going to say, uh, don't just read a book. Experience it. Especially Stephen King. And uh, thank you for all the involvement on our social media lately. Tiger, get in here. <laughs> it really makes us feel like we're doing something. So there was a book request on there today. What? There was a book request. We got uh someone wants us to read a David Goggins. Oh yeah. That's who it is. Yeah. Yep. Uh we're, put we're you in charge of that. Request now. Are y'all going to shit on Goggins? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I like. I like what he does. Just don't like who he is. Since he did. Since since he he did Moab. You've you've changed your mind after that. I don't know if Moab had anything to do with it. Oh. I. I don't know. I mean, I I like his. I like. I like message. his overall message, message. Just don't like the delivery. The yeah, yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. <laughs> so, you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <just> like, <laughs> so if you go down a couple more, you'll see the one. Uh. I wanted. Oh, that. Uh, so I I have recently discovered a new guy. Andrew Glaze. Isn't that his name? Andy Glaze? Yep. He has got 47 100 plus mile weeks in a row and 10 to, uh, I think now 11 200 plus mile weeks in a row. So that's getting some. And 2,000 plus month miles in a row. 2,000 mile plus months in a row. Maybe three. And works full time job, has four kids. So. And I'm over here like, well, I didn't get off work till five oh five. I know <laughs> going running. Yeah, worked a lot of where, overtime today. Literally though, where does he find the time? I where does he get the time? So he was on a podcast just recently, and he said he sleeps about four hours a night on average, and uh, also has a apparently extremely supportive family. So. Mm. That helps. Which you'd have to have, yeah. Or be single. His his wife looks like an athlete too. I don't know what she does, but yeah, well, I'm sure she's probably she's probably just running, you know, whatever, eighty mile weeks. <sighs> that's, that's still a shit. Time. Join our Strava club, please. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. You just have to join. <laughs> we don't need anything else. Uh, all right. Well, I don't guess I've got anything else. So, drink your Long Branch, Matthew McConaughey. If you want to come on and talk about Long Branch bourbon and green lights, you're welcome. Uh, I'll reach out to him. The worst he can do is ignore me, and the second worst he can do is say no. And both of those things happen to me on a daily basis. <laughs> People I'm far Look, closer to. I think to. I would feel pretty good if he took the time to say no. Yeah. At least he, <laughs> at least he knows who I am now. <laughs> I uh, messaged an author a while back. The uh, That fire book I read, I messaged him and said, hey, like your book, you want to come on my podcast? And about a week later, he messaged back and said, hey, I'm on vacation. I'll holler at you when I get back. <laughs> hey, he's retired early, so yeah, he has earned that vacation. If I was on a semi-permanent vacation, I would not have even messaged back. So, thank you, Scott Rikens. I think that's how you say it. So, all right, fellas. Well, no further business appearing. We will see you next week with uh, the second book in the Gunslinger series.
The Shining and Salem's Lot by the King himself. Thank you for listening to the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast. Our aim with this show is to encourage people to read widely, enjoy good beverages in moderation, get outside, and have good conversations. We hope we can meet this goal while serving as good company for you, the listener. If you enjoy the show, please let us know by subscribing to and reviewing the podcast and following us on Instagram. If you really enjoy the podcast, please consider making a small monthly donation to help us continually improve the show. You can find the link to do this in the show notes for this episode or on our Instagram page at bourbon underscore bookshelf. Thank you and we'll see you next time.